while your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. So, uh, welcome to South Coast tonight, Chris McCarthy. I'm Marcus Farrow. So, yeah, I, I was I was away Thursday and Friday, Saturday and Sunday, actually. But Thursday and Friday, uh, Chris took over, and I was on the Cape for a wedding uh, for my friends Danielle and Brandon, who I've known since high school, and uh, it was pretty amazing. It's kind of surreal. Um, there was people that I haven't seen in over a decade, right? And it's hard to conceptualize that even frame of time existing in my adult life. <laughs> Right. Right. And um, uh, but it was really cool. You know, I, I, I just sort of like thought about how, uh, you know, we I've known, you know, Brandon, and I played football with and, and Daniel was a cheerleader and, uh, you know, how we were, you know, in our early 20s, like hanging out in there, you know, in, in Daniel's apartment on the, you know, basically on the floor of a one bedroom in Alston or two bedroom in Alston because we like to go out and have a good time right. and just all crash there. And how far we've come from that. And it was, uh, you know, this this beautiful, amazing country club in Mashpee. And it was like it was all pretty surreal to, right. to, to, to think about. But it was uh, it was a lot of fun. And it was good to you know see uh, see some old friends, see some friends that I you know see a lot. But it was uh, it was a great time. Yeah, and because you're, you're you're a few years out now of of um of high school things like that. Yeah, so I was seeing everybody. Fifteen years ago, I graduated right. high right. school. I think so. Now you're seeing everybody again. So, and I, I agree with you, right? It's it's weird how it's not, not that you lose contact with them, but. Yeah, you, know, you haven't seen him, right? Yeah, right. right. So that that's interesting. There's, there is, yeah, I haven't seen. Yeah, there was, there well, because a couple of his college friends, because I used to visit him in college, I right. hadn't seen them since. Because they live in Pennsylvania, why would I? Right, you know, why would I see them? Right, but it's so it had been, uh, yeah, it had been over a decade since I've seen them, and again, it was just weird to even think of that that time frame of uh, time frame existing. But it was a great time. Got to again hang out. It's cool that I honestly that I have friends that have lasted that long. <laughs> right. No, I agree. <laughs> you know, and uh, since like the you know staying football. You know, it's just a really great group, I think, that we were blessed with. And uh, predictably, my JFK summer shirt was a smash hit in downtown Hyannis. Was it? Absolute smash hit. Now, I say predictably, but I didn't, under, I didn't like, really understand how much it was going to, like, people were going to love it. I had, really? I had a lot of people coming up to me, because it's Hyannis, you know, you guys know, it's JFK's yeah. home. It's where he's yep. from. Yep. And so I wore this JFK summer shirt, it's JFK on the Honey Fits, right? Off the coast of Hyannis, really, right. with, a, with a paper and a cigar, and it says summer on it. And, uh, and people were coming up to me, people, like, younger, in their early 20s, like, hey, yeah, I love that shirt so much, I love that shirt so much, and, Shows you uh, Kennedy. The Kennedys still have a, a pretty strong footprint in um, in in Hyannis or on yeah, the Cape in general. I, I think he does anyway. Right, of course. The um, the museums there. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's pretty cool. Where did you get it? I got it online somewhere. Okay. I don't remember exactly, um, but I got it online. Um, I wonder from, if they sell it down there. They must, right? 
everybody, you know, a lot of people that I saw down there didn't seem to seem to have never seen it before. Right, but that's they, cool. Yeah, so they were like, "Oh my god, that shirt's a one 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 woman's like, can I take a picture of your shirt?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure, go ahead, go for it." <laughs> that's funny. you know, and and yeah, it was. Did you get a sense that they were Massachusetts people or from completely out of the area? No, they they all they. I felt like if you're coming up to me and doing that, you're you're probably. I, I just had I had the sense that it's it's because. Of how local it might have been, okay. right? Because it's in Hyannis. Right. He's from Hyannis Port. Really not from, but, you know, he basically right. lived there. It was the, what was it called? The Weekend White House, right, right in Hyannis Port. And, uh, you know, the museum's just a, just literally just a couple, like, houses or a couple buildings down from where we were. Okay. So, and, uh, yeah, so, yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, it's, cool. it's a fun weekend, fun weekend. Yeah. We, we missed you here, Marcus. We had... Um, we had a Thursday and Friday without mm-hmm. you, but we did miss you. The um, the fact is that, uh, Marcus, since you've come and gone and come back, we've got um, some major developments here in Massachusetts politics yeah. uh, at, at the state level. Um, the, the, the Senate and the House finished up their, their work last night. Uh, actually, this morning they finished mm-hmm. it up, right? And um, we'll have a guest on that later, right? Yeah, so Lisa, Lisa Kaczynski of Politico is going to be joining us uh I've had Lisa on my old show, uh, the Marcus Farrow show. She's been on a few times to talk about what's going on in, in Massachusetts. She is the author of the Massachusetts Political Playbook, which I recommend. I, uh, I really recommend you do too, obviously, um, because it gives you every morning around like 730, I'd say, you get an email that encapsulates the, the news of the day for, right. for Massachusetts. And it, it, it delivers like, you know, what we're trying to deliver here, yes. It's which is a local product. And the other nice thing is in today's day and age of paywalls and, and, um, and, and you know, fees to read, the stuff's free. It's all yeah. free. It, it shouldn't be probably because it's such quality journalism, but the reality is it's free. And, yeah. um, and so you can sign up for it. Yeah, and if you don't want to read any of the columns, she gives like a little encapsulation of them, basically. Right, right. right? So, um, yeah, so she'll be joining us at 7.30. She was at the State House literally all night, yep. like up until 8 o'clock in the morning, I think. She said she left the uh, left Beacon Hill. So uh, we're going to hear about, you know, basically a broad overview of what passed, what didn't, and with respect to what didn't, why the economic development bill uh was was shelved right and that so marcus i stayed up last night not at the state house i was at home um watching you can watch it online um watching the debate in the senate and the house side mostly the senate side is what i concentrated on um the uh watching the back and forth it was it was very interesting they they were up till as you said eight o'clock in the morning working on this stuff which is not what they're supposed to be doing right that's eight hours past the deadline after the what, what's What's amazing is they have all, the whole year to do it. Yeah. And it comes down to the last eight hours, and they have to extend the session, right? Last night, uh, Taunton Senator Mark Pacheco, an old veteran of the Senate, he kept getting up and extending the Senate he's hours. The pro, he's the president pro temp, right? Right, which I think yeah. means he's the oldest serving guy. I'm not sure if he's the oldest serving I know in, guy con- in Congress, it's the oldest serving majority party member. Right. So I, so. I, I think that's... That, you know, he, he's been there a long time, Marquez, and um, many of them have been there a long time. But yeah. P- Senator Pacheco, he would get up. He was the first one. He got up. He extended the hours till 1 a.m., mm-hmm. then till 2 a.m., then till 3 a.m., then till 4 a.m. 
right? At which point I had fallen asleep. Yeah. But, you know, they, 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 they wouldn't take a vote on it. You know, it was unanimous. Then they would extend the debate and they would keep going. And there were a lot of bills last night that decided major, major legislation. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting how it took up until the last minute and actually beyond the last minute to get it done. Right. Because if you don't know, I don't, I'm not sure if it's every two years or every four years, the legislative sessions, the legislative session ends in July and doesn't resume until there's a new governor, essentially, or the the governor takes their second term. It's every election year. It's every election year? <laughs> well, every two years. Every oh, every two years. So every election year for them. For them. So it is every that, two that's years. That's why they end. Yeah. So they can get out of the, out of the state house and into the district. There's some, you know, other justifications that they say. It's that, you know, they don't want lame duck governors right. uh, gov- uh, making... Um, making new laws to, to try to hamstring the other governors, stuff like that. But right. you know, I, your your explanation sounds better. <laughs> well, it's just o- Occam's razor. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, right. Whatever the easiest explanation is, probably it. Yeah. So the um, couple bills that um, I have to tell you, Mark and I on the way over here, we were talking about it. We were trying to sort some of this stuff out ourselves between us. Yeah, because. It's unclear on some of the bills uh, what exactly happened, and, and we're not going to lean on Lisa for all of it. Um, you know, no. she's got she, she was there all night, and, the, and there's so many intricacies. It'll, it'll sort of work itself out. Well, because the, the the legislation that was passed, a lot of it was like it wasn't just like appropriations bills, mm. right? It wasn't just like oh, we're going to put some money here, put some money there. It wasn't the budget. The budget's already been passed. Right. It was like sweeping big sweeping changes so that they talked about the gambling bill is enormous mm-hmm. we've been talking about that on here for quite a while um it turns out that the the compromise bill i think was pretty reasonable it's actually yeah. what marcus and i had discussed here on the radio show yes. not that i think they, that they took a cue from us but they might have the uh, i think they did right the fact of the matter is they are going to have professional sports you're going to be able to gamble on that you're going to Legally now. You're going to be able to legally gamble on college sports, but you will not be able to gamble on in-state college sports unless they make it to one of the big tournaments. So if Boston College got into the March Madness, you'd be able to bet on them. Yeah. But that's a very rare occasion, right. obviously. So you're not going to be able to bet on the Corsairs at UMass Dartmouth. I don't think Amherst has made it since... Um, since I was there. 96? Yeah, since Patino. No, no 94. What was that? No, not Patino. 92. Patino Calipari. Yeah, Calipari. Calipari, yep. I mean, I was, they, it was amazing. You know, um, it was uh, Marcus, Marcus Camby. Camby. Yep, Marcus Camby. Yep. So we used to go to this bar called Twisters. And we, I didn't know the door guy. The door guy worked at my fraternity. So there'd be an enormous line out the door, but we could always get in. Mm-hmm. But Calipari would show up with his, with his basketball team, and they'd make everyone get out of line. <laughs> so the basketball team could go right in front of everybody, except the guys from Theater Guy, because they had the door anyway. But the... Um, it was a big deal out there back in the 90s. Basketball really was, but those days were, well, they may be in the future, but you're not going to be able to bet on them unless they make it a March Madness. But that that's one thing. But you will be able to bet on, say, for instance, URI. You'll be able to bet on Providence College, things like that. You'll be able to bet on those folks. And, and You'll be able to bet on the Patriots. You'll be able right. to bet on... Um, the Celtics. The Celtics, right? Yeah. So you are going to have legal you sports just, betting. You just can't throw, if you want to throw a heavy... Bet on the uh, on the bean pot tournament. You're not going to be able to. That's right. Or if you want to bet the Corsairs, right? Football team over at UMass Dartmouth. You're not going to be able to. That's not going to be allowed. You have to go see a local. <laughs> some people for do that, that right. which, by the way, some people do do that. That's what they wanted so, to avoid. So, uh, Senator Eric Lesser, who I've spoken to on air before, 
he wrote he he authored the bill in the set the senate version of the bill basically and what he's saying is he's a candidate for lieutenant governor as well right. worth mentioning uh he said i think we're probably going to see- be our next lieutenant governor should he be that's a question for the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. That's correct. Yeah, so uh, the, that's actually a fairly competitive. Um, it really is. Yeah, so you've got Kim Driscoll. Uh, they're they're going to be joining us uh, sometime this month. By the way, I've spoken to their comm staff. Right. But uh, you've got you've got Kim Driscoll, the mayor of Salem, has been for about fifteen years. Right. She just got a super PAC put together for her. Mm-hmm. She's obviously not coordinating with it, but you can't do that. But but her team. So she's got a, she got a, that, that was a major development. That, that, yeah. to your point, Marcus, about how competitive the race is. So it's, it's, it's a super PAC. That's a major big deal. She's also got some, she's also got some endorsements from people like Ron Mariano, the Speaker of the House. Right. I think she told me when she was on, I'm sure it's available. They're not an exclusive, right? But she said that there was, I think, 120 at the time municipal endorsements. So she's getting she's getting a lot of, and she t- you know touts herself as somebody who's been involved in municipal government, right? That knows you know that really you know for for the duration of her career. So what did Lesser say? About lesser, the boat? but yeah. Lesser, um, yeah. So her, Lesser, and Tammy Gavay are the three that are running. Just to just so we can clear that out of the way. But Lesser um, said that he thinks that uh, Massachusetts is going to see 60 to $65 million a year. So it's, it's, it's what he said was it's going to create a whole new industry and a whole new sector for our economy and a whole new way for people to engage with their favorite teams. Engage is a nice... You like that? I like, I like that language. That's, that's a nice euphemism. You engage your house. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How engaged are you with the Patriots? Right. right. Yeah. Right. I've lost my house. You lost yeah. your house on a field goal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Better luck next time. Yeah. Um, so uh, I believe the the gaming license, too, that you're going to... The fees for the gaming license are going to be... <laughs> Godfather 2. It's a Godfather 2. The fees for the gaming license, which you will have to pay, right. uh, are going to be... Or it's like a $5 million application fee. When I say like a $5 million application fee, what I mean is there is a $5 million application fee for casinos, slot parlors, and racetracks to obtain a sports betting license. Seven mobile betting platform licenses will also be available. Seven. So I think the closest place that you'll be able to gamble to here will be Raynham, Taunton Raynham. I think, yeah, because they have, a, they have the, the track over there. They still take bets, mm-hmm. so I believe they're going to get a license. So, and there's Encore, and uh, that'll be the cl- in on, Everett. In Everett, there'll be Encore. But if you want to drive up and watch the game and place a bet, currently you can go to Rhode Island anyway. But yeah. but if you want to stay in Massachusetts, you could go. I believe it's going to be the, the Carney's place up there in Raynham. Um, they'll be the closest one. So. It may be an interesting job for people, too, right? I think in addition to obviously being able to bet, it will create additional jobs. It will create, you would think, Marcus, tell me if you've done this yet. Have you gone to any of these places like in Rhode Island where you can bet and watch the games and bet on them? I haven't, I haven't done any of the books. Yeah, because... uh so last time I bet, right? <laughs> here's the story. Right. The last time I bet, I was with my buddy, and we were watching the Pats playoff game when they played Buffalo. Okay. So he said, let's do a parlay. Because at first he's like, let's bet uh, Tampa Bay plus 11 um, against the Eagles, okay. right? And I said, cool, yeah, the Tampa Bay will 
win by double digits, and they did right. against the Eagles because the Eagles weren't really a, that good of a team anyway. But we did. Let's do a parlay, right. which means two bets. <laughs> right, you got to win. Both uh, of them. You got to win both of them. And uh, we had the Pats uh, with a spread of plus something. Oh, so it was Tampa Bay minus. Sorry, minus eleven plus, which means they've got to win by more of eleven. We had the Pats plus. I can't remember. Right, but they lost by like thirty something. Really, so they didn't cover. Right, so they didn't cover that bet. Needless to say. And then I got a text from my butt. I'm like, oh, man, that stinks. The Pats lost. They lost by a lot. It was embarrassing. It was brutal to watch. I hated every second of it. And I'm concerned for the future of the team that I've enjoyed watching championship, having championship success for two decades. Basically, the entirety of my life plus 13 years. And, uh, (laughs) right. And, um, spoiled. Seriously, I, I I know it. And so uh, the next day, I get a text from my buddy. Hey, you want to send me three hundred and thirty dollars for that bet? <laughs> right? <laughs> that, that soured you on gambling? Yeah. So after that, I'm like, wow, that went pretty quickly. I'm yes. not going to bet anymore. Right. So. so, so I've never been a gambler, particularly on sports things like that. Yeah. But it is um, it is something that people do enjoy doing, and it is something that that um. It may end up being some people, a bit of a destination. Some people enjoy the peaks so much they can deal with the valleys. Right. I'm not one of those people. No, no, no. <laughs> you know? No, I, I, I work too hard. I don't want to lose the money, buddy. Exactly. But the, um, but the idea that you can go and sit and watch a game, have a drink, bet on the sport, bet on the game yourself, yeah. I think that is an attraction. I do. I, and by the I way, think so. I think it's a reasonable thing to expect adults to be able to handle, right? Yes. You know, now obviously there are people that get out of control. We know about that. Quite frankly, that that existed before. We have plenty of the illegal market. We have plenty of things that we offer that are addictive, right? And more addictive, in fact, a lot a lot of the times than gambling. The scratch you know. ticket industry. Yeah, the, right. right. I yeah, mean, exactly. I mean, the amount of money that gets wagered. So probably all of us. The scratch ticket industry is specifically targeted towards people who, frankly, are, are in a tough spot. Really? Right. Yeah. They, I mean, I, I just know. I just never yeah. did it. I mean, yeah. my father told me they. I was a kid before they ever came out. There was there was an illegal type of scratch ticket that was available at one point. It's called a pull tab. All right, an illegal one. Yeah. So how yep. do you? So what would happen is you buy it in a bar. It'd be a dollar. It was a pull tab. You would rip it open, and it, and you whether you won or not was right there. Okay. You didn't scratch it off. You pulled it open. Right. Okay. And the bartender would pay you off. Oh, right? that's how it worked. So it was an illegal type lottery, okay? So they had, oh, okay, so they, they, would, they would raise the revenue for that just based on the money that they people paid for the ticket. That's my understanding. I never re, I never played it, right? My father told me, don't ever yeah. play that game, right? Because you'd say, I see guys lose their whole paychecks, right? Uh-huh. You, know, this, you, you go for a place, you go to like, a, at the time it was a local VFW, you go in the Freetown. You go to VFW for a beer with, you know, after town meeting, and you see guys in there, and they, they buy $400 worth of them, right? It's just not good. Right. So anyway, so I never gambled. I never, and when scratch tickets came out, my father said, "Don't ever play those things." So I never did, and um, the, um, but I do see a lot of people spending a lot of money on it. And we know from the state revenue lottery of the state revenue that people do do spend a lot of money on that. Yeah. But so we're going to now have the um, 
the gambling here in Massachusetts. We've had it in Rhode Island. Would you go to Judge Governor over the Yeah, you up? could. I mean, for here. Well, so for here, yeah. But if you live, let's say, somewhere just even like 30 minutes north of here, northwest of here, or right. northeast of here, I should say, west would be towards Rhode Island. Northeast of here, it would be, it'd be definitely a more of a convenience for you than driving to Tiverton, right? Oh, yeah. You know, so. Oh, yeah. Um, let's take that break now. 508-996-0500. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris and Marcus. <laughs> And uh, we'll be joined by Lisa Kaczynski of Politico at the other at the other end of this break. Listen to us live. And Welcome to South Coast Tonight. Just get, just got back, so I'm getting the hang of the buttons. There's a lot right. of buttons and knobs and slider things here. <laughs> there's and, a lot uh, going on. There's right a now. lot going on on this board, and I still don't know most of it, but I know enough to to keep the wheels turning. So we're actually going to be joined momentarily by Lisa Kaczynski of Politico. She's the author of the Massachusetts Politico playbook and um you know she was at beacon hill all night basically getting um you know getting all the stories on what happened right and following and she um, has good sources she's yeah, on of the course ground, yeah she's, she's the literally ground. there she's literally on the ground she's literally on the ground there and she said she left at uh, 8 a.m this morning so we'll, we're looking forward to talking to her pretty soon i mean that's just a lot just to just to I don't know, work work a twenty three hour shift. It's a long night. It's, <laughs> it's a, a long, long night. night. Yeah. Because it's it's not just a regular twenty three hours. It's twenty three hours through the night. Yeah. You right? gotta talk to people. Right. And you've got to and you've got to stay up all night. Yeah. Right. And the most interesting stuff happens way, way early in the morning, right? Three right. o'clock in the morning. I mean those bills are coming out really early in the morning. When I say early in the morning, yeah. I mean late at night. Well, I think the time, the formal time on the legislative session ended at midnight. Well, um, no, uh, later, like after they extended it. Oh, after the extended ones, yes. They extended it another 10 hours. Right. So it ended at like 10 o'clock. So, I mean, that's just, it's pretty incredible. I saw pictures of legislatures like, oh, yeah, we're still here. You know, it's right. like the sun came out and we're still here. And I, look, it's, it's, it's really on the leadership. It's not, you know, mm-hmm. it's not on the average legislator that they were there that long. It's on the Speaker of the House yeah. and the Senate President. They couldn't get their acts together and, and get their bills done. It's it's amazing, really. I don't know why. I don't know It's either. not clear as to why, because it's not like there was... There wasn't anything, I think, that was that particularly practical. That yeah, we that, know. That we know of. But joining us now is uh, Lisa Kaczynski, author of Massachusetts Politico, uh, uh, Politico's Massachusetts Playbook. Hey, Lisa, thanks for joining us. Of course. Thank you for having me. So, um, first of all, uh, thanks for fitting us in because we know that you had a pretty long night uh, over on Beacon Hill. I think you left pretty early in the morning. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I did. Um, I probably left the State House around 8 a.m. and they were still going. So, basically, what happened is lawmakers had to have their lawmaking done by midnight on July 31st, which was Sunday, which was the end of formal legislative sessions. It's not the end of session totally. It just it goes into informals where you can't do roll calls. There are limits on what bills can be brought up, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, it was getting to midnight last night, and really major bills were still stuck in conference committee and negotiations. You know, economic development, which included tax breaks, sports betting, mental health, um, and that just kept going and going and going. So, um, you know, we all knew it would be a late night. There's precedent for the legislature blowing past their midnight deadlines in the past. But this was uh, 
this was different. This, um, you know, bills finally started moving. Agreements started to be made around 530 in the morning or so. And then by the time all those votes got through um, and the bills were sent, the bills that were moving forward were sent to the governor's desk. It was about 10 a.m. Monday morning. Speaking with Lisa Kaczynski of uh, Politico's uh, Massachusetts Playbook. So, Lisa, you were talking about uh, in your playbook this morning, actually, the economic development bill, which, among many things, was going to uh, give a payout to Massachusetts residents of $250 or $500 for married married couples filing jointly. Um, What happened with that bill? Basically, what happened with that bill is the curveball that came last week. There is this 1986 voter-passed tax cap law that we may or may not be about to trigger based on how high the state's revenues are. We're not going to know if we have triggered that threshold in until September when the state auditor you know, certifies the state revenues and everything like that. Um, but right now, the threat of it is real enough that it upended everything at end of session. Um, So basically, if this law is triggered, um, it could send roughly $3 billion back to taxpayers, basically in the form of tax credits. It's only been triggered once before in 1987, the year after it was passed. And, uh, you know, it's something that lawmakers get reports on regularly, but just, you know, it's basically something that people have kind of forgotten about. And lawmakers treated this as a big surprise. It scrambled all of their carefully laid tax plans that were in this economic development bill, because while the governor contends that the state has enough money to do both, um, you know, to afford both the $3 billion tax credits that could happen if this law is triggered and the roughly $1 billion tax package that the legislature was considering, which includes, again, as you said, those rebates, um, other changes to the tax code that would offer more permanent relief. He says they can do both. The legislature, the House and Senate, um, you know, chief negotiators decided that that wasn't fiscally prudent, um, given the fact that we could be heading towards a recession. So, again, around 5.30 in the morning, as these other deals came through, they came out and announced that it was going to remain in conference committee. It wasn't going to move forward. They can pick apart the bill and maybe take pieces of it up piecemeal once they get the actual state revenues. Um, That is something that they said. There are certain complications beyond that, you know, legislative issues and stuff that come up with bonding, et cetera, uh, that can complicate that a little bit. But that's basically what happened is this late session curveball upended all of their plans. So, Lisa, um, is it your understanding that they're going to uh, consider this this tax rebate the law of the land, that they're not going to ignore the law, that they're not going to try to change it? That is exactly what House Speaker Ron Mariano said. He had thought, he had toyed with changing it. You know, he had publicly said, maybe we change the law. Maybe we, you know, do away with it or change it or something like that. 5.30 in the morning, he's out there telling reporters, this is the law of the land, kind of whether we like it or not. Um, and that they're going to abide by it for now. Does that mean that Governor Baker could still offer some type of relief towards the end of his term, or is it only if this bill was, this package was passed? Well, as Mariano kind of put it, you still are going to see some form of relief um, because $3 billion, if this tax cap is triggered, um, tax cap law is triggered, you know, would be going back to taxpayers, just wouldn't necessarily be going back to taxpayers the way that lawmakers and the governor initially envisioned that it would be. 
But maybe, you know, as these numbers become clearer, there is an openness to tax relief still. I mean, everyone is aware of the state of the economy and inflation and how it's, you know, hurting constituents of theirs. So, yeah, I mean, I think you're going to see pieces of this. This is still very much going to remain in talk. It, it didn't make it through the way that it looked like it was going to at the end of these formal sessions. But, you know, there's still going to be, you know, lawmakers start meeting again later this week in informal sessions. So it's definitely something to keep an eye on to see what these numbers are and how the legislature deals with them. But if it, this if this bill were to get through, it would be signed by Governor Moore Healy or Christodi or Jeff Deal, right? Um, it it could still have, pieces of this could still get through this session. Remember, lawmakers are well. This is the end of formal legislating. Um, it basically just denotes what kind of votes that lawmakers can take. So okay. they'll still be coming to the state house and taking votes on things, and they can move bills. It's just a harder hurdle to clear um you know one vote can derail everything as opposed to you know just having regular roll calls and stuff like that so things can still move between now and january so it doesn't close the door totally on you know tax relief and other elements of this economic development bill but for now lawmakers just they as they said they want to do it right and right now they just don't have the numbers to know what the fiscal picture is going to look like speaking with lisa kashinsky author of uh, massachusetts political playbook so um what other uh, broadly what are the other you know major legislative uh packages that got through um this last uh, f- uh formal session all right. So around the same time that they announced that the tax relief was dead for now, they also announced agreements on a pair of priority bills, which were sports betting, uh, which I know folks are interested in, and mental health. So basically with that, Mariano got his win on sports betting. Senate President Karen Spoka got her win on mental health. You know, not a coincidence that both of those came up at the same time. Right, right. Uh, you know, they finally announced the deals. Um so there is that. Uh, the climate bill is back to Governor Baker's desk um, for him to look over again with some changes. Um, there's a transportation bond bill that includes money for East-West Rail and also $400 million to help the MBTA fix itself um, with all of the uh, safety issues and everything that are now under federal investigation. There were also some pretty sweeping cannabis reforms. That made it through. So a lot did end up moving through. Um, there's a lot of things that I didn't even mention. Soldiers home reforms um, after the COVID outbreaks there uh, in 2020. So a lot did move through. We're speaking with Lisa Kaczynski, um, author of uh, Politico's Massachusetts Playbook. Uh, Lisa, thank you for joining us today. Um, we appreciate you coming on. And before I let you go, uh, where can people um, you know, learn more about what you're reporting on? Definitely. Well, thanks as always. It's always a pleasure to be on. Um, you can Google Massachusetts Playbook for Politico. You will find it. It is a uh, newsletter that will come to your inbox if you sign up with your email on weekday mornings. You can also find it online at politico.com slash Massachusetts Playbook. Oh, and you got a great podcast, too. Um, what's that yes, called? The I horse am also co-hosting The Horse Race. Uh, you can also find that on SoundCloud and iTunes. Thank you. Thanks, Lisa. Appreciate Thank you it. so much. Thanks. Thank that, you. That was a great segment. Thank you. So, Marcus, the um, the uh, reality of it is is that the reason they were so late in the night was because neither the Speaker nor the Senate President could get their 
their yeah. business done, right? right. I, mean, yeah. I mean, you know, it's yeah, not it's true. not the individual legislators. It's not. It's a fact of matter. If you if you watch and I did, you you see that's just bottleneck. You know, yeah. they got it all bottlenecked, and I guess that's there's a theory to that, right? I mean, I guess there's a there's a type of leadership that's offered when they do that. Mm-hmm. You know, that it's it's um. We're going to be here all goddamn night if we don't until we get it done, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I, mean, I yeah. wouldn't like to work that way. No. It's, know? It, I didn't like it last night when I was trying to cover it, really. Yeah, yeah right. You know, and, and, I'm, I'm sitting in an easy chair, you know, right? And, and I'm reading the stuff as it's coming over Twitter. I'm watching the Senate debates. Um, and, and hats off to dutiful reporters like uh, like Lisa, who stayed there all absolutely. night, left at 8 in the morning, and and definitely go check out her stuff. The Horse Race is a great pro- uh, podcast for the same reason that I think we provide a great product, is that it's a local product. Right. It's something you can't get everywhere. They have, um, when I, when I, some of the, some of the I, you know, they're not special interest groups, but whatever. Some of the interest groups were, were putting out copies of the bills, like as they were coming mm-hmm. out. You know, they, they would find them and put them online. So I was able to read some of them last night. But, you know, I'm reading the thing at 3 o'clock in the morning. Okay? Yeah, right. So, and I'm not familiar with all the back channel, everything, right? All the language on it, all of that stuff. But there was some really big deals last night. I would say that the marijuana bill was a big deal. And I look at that from a person who's covered the local discussion on marijuana mm-hmm. and I've, I've read the local agreements on the marijuana licenses particularly new bedford's deals but it looks to me it looks to me and I'm, I'm willing to change my mind on this but it looks to me right now like the local fees have been decimated yeah absolutely decimated. that makes sense because you know there was there's been um there's been Boston Globe's had a, actually some great reporting on this. They, they have a huge section. They, they, yeah. Their archives on this industry is incredible. It's re- it really is. It's 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 just it's great reporting that like you don't see in a lot of newspapers, frankly, these days. You don't see a lot of newspapers. Yeah, you don't see newspapers in general, right? But um, but marijuana obviously has become sort of a big uh, battle between big conglomerates and there right. are a, a couple in this in the commonwealth that say they have control because you're only allowed x amount of licenses right. i theory. remember i used to remember the numbers right. but you're only allowed x amount of licenses and uh you know x amount of uh licenses per business and all of that but they say there's some bigger companies that say they have control right. over x amount of licenses because they own a couple outright right and then they have these agreements with these other smaller companies right. that are essentially like um, what I would amount to is a hostile takeover of their business. And it's gotten so competitive. I remember they talked about this was years ago, and I'm not sure how this resolved because I'll, I'll have to, I'll have to read up again. But there was a, there was a, um, a battle between who would get the, the contract on Nantucket, who would get the license on Nantucket. Okay. And, one party said, hey, we're in a pretty strong position to get this license, but we'll offer you like $20 million <laughs> right. to, for the to municipality for no, to the to the competitor. Oh, we're saying okay. you get out. We'll give you 20 million. OK. And, or something like that. It was sure. in the tens of millions of dollars. And they, you know, they said no. They mm-hmm. said no. You know, they basically called them out in their bluff. So um, I'm not. That's why we're, we're not surprised. You were saying that the, the lobby in, in marijuana is, is getting to be a pretty robust. The so the business lobby, you know, the, the, the ship has sailed on whether or not you're going to legalize marijuana or not, right? Right. The ship has sailed. So right now you have these, you have major financial interests competing right now. And in some cases not competing, right? Right. In some cases not competing. You have, um, now I, one member of the legislature told me, look, the local communities have been extorting these, these, these marijuana stores, right? In other words, we'll give you a local license. 
illegally. I mean, we know that literally happened. We, in one we know case. that literally happened in forever. Yeah, but but on a legal, on a, they were legally saying to them, "Look, we'll give you the license, but we want this much money up front. We want this much money annually, percentages, all kinds of things." Right? It looks to me like most of that is gone now. Most of that has been, which, which I think is going to come as a big surprise to mayors and city councilors, things like that. People that that people that probably had a difficult time getting this over the finish line said, "Well, this is going to give you because there might be more, let's say, less um, open-minded constituents, right. and right. they're what they're saying is." Uh, well, we're going to bring you home all of this money. Right, right. <laughs> you know? So they gave them the license conditioned upon the fact they were going to be able to use the money for schools In and municip- parks, right, for municipal government. Yeah. And right, and so, and maybe even to, you know, the, the in theory, but not in reality, lower your tax rate, things like that, right? We're getting all this money <laughs> from the pot, guys, so that's why we're going to bring it to town. Well, that it looks to me, again, I'm willing to adjust my position, but it looks to me like that's gone. Now, I'll tell you the other thing, Marcus, that's in that bill. You're going to be able to have social consumption. That's what they're, that's, that's what they're calling it. Basically, you're going to be able to smoke pot on on outside of your house. Cool. You might be able to consume it at a restaurant, right? Okay. Or drink it in a bar. If, you know, they have it liquefied. They have all kinds of stuff now. Yeah. All kinds of products. So it looks to me now there's there's some there's, there's some additional laws with that. But if you do a ballot referendum in your town, or if your city council votes for it. You'll be able to have restaurants that serve marijuana food. Yeah. You'll, have, you'll be able to have a bar that I where they can smoke. I believe it. that already exists in some places. Not yet in Massachusetts. Not yet in Massachusetts. No. Nope. Just maybe like, it's other places. It'd be places. like Amsterdam. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's maybe it was. I knew. I knew somebody trying to work on that. Well, don't, in particular. Th- so let me tell you something. It's going on. Yeah, I'm talking about legally. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm maybe about that's legally. It. Never mind. I don't know who that is. <laughs> right. 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 Five zero eight nine nine six. Oh, 500. We got to take a break. We'll be right back. 1420 WB. And welcome back to South Coast. Tonight. I'm Chris McCarthy. We have Marcus Farrow here. Hey. We'll be taking your calls at 508-996-0500. Now, um, there is a lot of balls in the air right now, right, in terms of what, what happened to the legislature. Because as they jam it all into the last couple hours of the, of the, of the uh, actually extended the session for a few more hours, Things happen, and I'm not. And it's, it's obviously not. It's obviously by design, right? Mm-hmm. It's obviously by design that everything got pushed down to the last minute. When you think about the fact that cannabis reform. Now, one of the other things, Marcus, they did. Now, again, folks, I'm, I could be wrong on the details here, but because I haven't had a chance to totally digest the bill or run it against experts. But one of the things they created essentially is that they're going to divert 15% of the revenues into what I would describe as a bank, okay? Mm-hmm. A state-run bank that will loan to cannabis businesses, primarily in minority neighborhoods, okay? Uh, minority minority owners, because they, they've had a problem. Um, well, they, they, they were supposed to have these laws in place, these regulations in place to make it, make these uh, businesses, you know... Uh, able to facilitate minority-owned businesses because the logic being, as you know, that the minorities, people of color, have been the most impacted by our unnecessarily draconian marijuana laws. Right. So I don't understand why the Irish and the Jews can't get, and the Italians can't get the gambling licenses by that logic, right? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, mean, come on, they were chasing around the Irish bookies, right? The Jewish guys, they they didn't get a break, right? Their their income was criminalized by the by the draconian anti-gambling laws, which are obviously anti-Semitic, yeah, um, right, the, uh, yeah, right. and anti-Hibernian. But so anyway, the um, I joke. But the reality of it is, is that 
there were some parts of the laws that said they wanted to grant uh, minorities licenses if they could. Yeah. Now, the the problem is, as they learned, is that the finance got in the way. Mm-hmm. Okay? For whatever reason, <clears throat> the financing was not as available to people in the minority community as it was to people not It's almost like communities right? impacted by draconian drug laws wouldn't be as flush with cash there as, you go. say, more affluent communities. Or, or, or cash you could get into the into the into the legitimate stream. Yes. That's the other problem, right. I think, for a lot of people, is there is cash on the sidelines, but it's cash on the sidelines. Yeah. So in terms of getting regular traditional bank loans, and obviously it's untraditional because you, can, you can't do you federal can't get, stuff. Yeah, right. You can't right. get bank loans either. Right. right. So there's a lot of problems. So what the, what the state of Massachusetts did last night is they created what I would describe as a bank, okay? With, mm-hmm. So it's going to be state revenue from the marijuana laws. So... That money's going to go into into a into a into a bank, which is then used to expand the industry. Okay, right. So by 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 creating a financial stream available to primarily minorities um, who want to get into the marijuana business, who can obviously then qualify for licenses, everything like that. So that's a that's a major piece of legislation, major mm-hmm. change, major change in the industry. And the question becomes, Marcus, is it too late? Because there's been such consolidation, yeah. There's, it's a ton. There's a ton of money in our. You know, room. I was actually just remembering too from reading this column. It was years ago, but uh, like, there's some pretty like big political players that are involved in this too. National political players. One of these boards, I remember. Uh, one of these companies, I remember, had uh, boasted that they have former Speaker of the House John Boehner and Bill right? Weld. And Bill Weld, right, and Bill Weld. And the former Prime Minister of Canada. Bill and the former Weld. Prime Minister of Canada, yeah. And locally, um, we have Tito Jackson. Right, we have Boston City Councilor candidate for mayor, yeah. yeah. Um, Andrea Cabral, the former Sheriff of Bristol, That's of, uh, right. Suffolk, Suffolk County. Yeah. Um, that Those are two of the names I can remember who both happen to be minorities. They, they the industry is is growing rapidly. Yeah, and I, it's 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 going to be difficult for mom and pops to really make a breakthrough in this. And um, I hope that John Boehner, you know, with his newfound positions or fairly newfound positions, has um, found a way to cut down on the crying. <laughs> he does like to smoke cigarettes, drink wine, and cry. <laughs> cry all the time. It's like used a to, woman he used to cry all the time like on, the, on the floor of the Congress, smoking cigarettes, drinking wine, <laughs> and crying. Like five zero five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. We got to take a break. We'll be right back. Why should you download the zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred? Let's go to the phones. Good evening. Thanks for holding. Hey, good evening. Where's Chris? I'm right here. Hey, man. How are you? Good. How you doing? Oh, man, this dude, he was going off last Friday. He was going off on people over the hoggies. I call them hoggies sometimes because they, you know, say Hodgkinson kind of. It's hard to say, but, man, Chris was going on a rampage. I I heard. um, I heard. He's he's definitely getting back to his old self. (laughs) Um, But mainly what I want to talk about that we were talking about last week again. Right. And I hope some people are listening and maybe they could answer these questions. Okay, the electric cars we were talking about. Right. There's four or five of them on the moon right now. Haven't been used since 1972 or 73. Um, They have batteries, but they weren't rechargeable batteries back then. I'm sure this day and age, 
they could remake a rechargeable battery, and I'm sure those things would still work. Uh, one is actually one's in bad shape. One's I don't think usable, but the rest of them can work. Um, I'd just be interested to see them go up there, put a battery on there that you know a rechargeable battery, and watch those things run after so many years of not. I'm, 1972. How many years ago that was that? My father fifty was years ago. Service. Fifty. Yeah. Fifty-two years ago. Wow, jeez. My 50. father's seventy-one now, so right. so he was twenty, twenty, twenty-one back 